It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. A lot to cover on today's edition, a Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you all had a great weekend, enjoyed some time with family, etc. And also caught a lot of BYU sports as well. We will recap it all for you right here on the podcast, starting off on the hardwoods with the BYU men's and women's basketball teams locking up their respective seeds into the WC. CC tournament with their wins over the weekend. We'll discuss both of those and some of the outcomes and some of the, I guess, uh, likely scenarios going forward for the BYU basketball teams as they get ready to head to Vegas this coming weekend. Second segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about BYU spring ball, which kicks off later this afternoon. The media will be ab- allowed to observe about 30 minutes of practice, also get interviews for you as well. We'll discuss some of that and some of the overarching I guess storylines that we'll get to. And then, of course, we'll wrap, re- recap the entire weekend in BYU sports in the final segment of today's podcast. All right, so there you go. Layout of today's show. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for March 4th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your BYU insider here on Locked on Cougars, also your daily host here on the podcast. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, covering BYU as well as a myriad of other sports. But I do like to call myself the BYU Beat Podcaster because I love doing this show. It is an absolute privilege and an honor to be doing this. Uh, BYU basketball over the weekend on the men's side beat San Diego 87-73. to uh, They didn't really necessarily, after it all played out, they didn't need to win the game necessarily to win the third seed because San Francisco decided to go and lose to Loyola Marymount which gave BYU the third seed by default but it was good to see BYU go out and take care of business Uh, San Diego is a talented team an upperclassman laden team and they've got some aspirations or they had some aspirations to have a lot better season than they've had this year but BYU went out and took care of business Uh, Yoli Childs 29 points 13 rebounds leads BYU TJ Hawes also showed up in a big way, scoring 26 points in the win. And then I talk about all the time on the podcast the need for BYU to have that third option. And that was Nick Emery in this game. He scored 15 points. Good to see him have a good offensive showing. It appears that BYU's regained some momentum ahead of the West Coast Conference Tournament this coming weekend. They will be the third seed uh, facing the winner of Santa Clara against the winner of San Diego and Portland. Hopefully that makes sense. BYU gets the bye into the quarterfinals. I believe it will be Portland and San Diego on Thursday in the 10-7 matchup. The winner of that advances to face off against number 6 Santa Clara on Friday. And then the winner of that will face BYU you Saturday evening. 
Now, I would expect BYU is favored against all three of those teams if they face San Diego for the second time in just on actually a week exactly. Be a tougher matchup because it's tough to beat a team three times in one season. San Diego has given BYU fits in the past, but Santa Clara is no pushover. Portland, on the other hand, absolutely a pushover. They are, I believe, uh, the yeah they are the worst team in the West Coast Conference, winless in conference play. So. It, it should be BYU facing off what I would expect would be San Diego. I think they've shown a little bit more, mo, a little bit more momentum, excuse me, than Santa Clara has. But we will see. So it's a good win for BYU to go into the WCC tournament with some momentum here. We'll see how it all shakes out Saturday night. Uh, they'll likely advance. Well, yeah, if they win the game Saturday night, they advance to Monday semifinal. Well, they'll face the number two seed St. Mary's. BYU. Uh, this is a different St. Mary's team than it's been in past years. BYU's had success against them. So you would expect that, okay, yeah, the Cougars should be able to hang with St. Mary's and hopefully advance to the final against Gonzaga, who is the number one seed undefeated in conference play, the number one team in the country. BYU, in my mind, if they want to make the NIT, which we've talked about on the podcast here, if you haven't heard me say it, this year, and this is just me saying this year alone, based on all the ups and downs BYU has had, making the NIT this year would actually be an accomplishment. I know in other years it's a disappointment that BYU doesn't make the NCAA tournament. That is a very fair standard for BYU fans to hold for this program, but I'm speaking about isolated on just this year. BYU basketball making the NIT is an accomplishment uh, considering all their issues on the road in the non-conference, their inability to defend for large stretches of the season, and I'm not saying they couldn't defend, but not defending at a very high clip. Uh, they really turned their season around. It looked like they were rolling. The San Francisco loss took a lot of wind out of the sails, but they've rebounded. They beat they beat San Diego, and they'll now be that third seed. They're going to need to make a run uh, towards that final if they really want to confirm their slot in the NIT and get one of the better seeds into that tournament. We'll see how it all shakes out, but I think the overarching thing out of this is that if BYU does make the NIT, I think BYU fans can consider that an accomplishment. And I'm speaking just for this year. I think going forward is very fair, and it should be fa- it should have been fair the last few years for BYU to be expected to make the NCAA tournament. I think the expectation about this year was fair because Yoli Childs, TJ Hawes, some of the better players, you'd hope that maybe, okay, Gonzaga's going to be really good, but maybe BYU's the second best team in the conference and gets into the tournament. It appears that the local team, in terms of teams in the state that's going to make the tournament, is Utah State. Uh, Truly phenomenal turnaround job by Craig Smith in his first year up there in Logan. They, of course, lost to BYU in the non-conference season, but it looks like we'll at least have one local in the tournament, but I think the expectation going forward for BYU should be the NCAA tournament or bust. It should be a disappointment, but this year, based on everything we've seen play out this season, I think making the NIT is a fair accomplishment for this program. Now, on the women's side of things, I wanted to take a minute and talk about the women's side of things. They beat Santa Clara 69-64. to 64. They needed some help to get, a, to get a share of the West Coast Conference tournament. Uh, not the tournament title, the regular season title. And thereby, with the sweep of Gonzaga that they had, they would have had the number one seed. Didn't play out that way. Gonzaga took care of business. They are 16-2, and two, while BYU is 15-3 and three in conference. So the Cougars on the women's side of things get the double bye into the semifinal. Finals, uh, likely to face off against Gonzaga in the final of the women's conference tournament. Uh, that'd be on Tuesday in the afternoon. 
And I think BYU women's basketball team, considering they were pegged to not be very good this year, I think they've already punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. That's just my thought by virtue of their two wins over a nationally ranked Gonzaga team and just their overall uh, steady play. They had that dip um, kind of mid-season there in, the, in terms of mid-conference play. But other than that, it's been a very steady team. It's been a very good team. And I'm expecting that they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. So maybe we're getting the tournament team that BYU fans wanted, but it's on the women's side of the things versus the men's side. And that's not a bad thing. So I think this women's team has been absolutely phenomenal. They've been extremely uh, talented, very diverse in who's leading them in scoring. Uh, for example, Sarah Hampson led them in scoring this past game in the win over Santa Clara. So I think the women's team is kind of picking up the slack where the men's team is concerned. All right, so there you go. Uh, men's team third seed will be playing Saturday night, 10 o'clock Mountain Time in their uh, quarterfinal matchup. The women's team will be facing off Monday afternoon in their semifinal. Uh, there's four or five different teams that BYU women could face in that game. So we'll talk about that as it gets a little bit closer. But it's the good news is the women's team gets some time to rest up, get some extra practice time, and they only have to play two games in a conference tournament and hopefully beat Gonzaga for a third time this season and thereby take the NCAA tournament automatic bid from the women's side of things for the West Coast Conference. And I even have to sweat out uh, selection. Is it Monday, I believe? Yeah, selection Monday for the women's bracket. So best of luck to the men's and women's teams this week. We'll get out there and get some interviews, play them on the podcast later this week with the men's and women's teams, get their thoughts ahead of heading to Las Vegas for the WCC tournament. It should be a fun weekend of hoops. If you are headed to Las Vegas, enjoy it. Um, Hopefully the weather gets better. We've had a very wet and snowy spring. Las Vegas has been hit with snow multiple times this year. It's just kind of funny to see that because Las Vegas, they hit with snow once in a year it's kind of an event but when it's multiple times it's even crazier all right so there you go some of my thoughts on the men's and women's basketball teams best of luck to them coming off a winning weekend as they get ready for the wcc tournament all right we'll come back on the other side we need to talk a little bit about what's going on with BYU Spring Ball gets underway this afternoon in Provo. Uh, weather is supposed to be in the upper 30s, if not the low 40s. So it's what you expect for spring, early spring in Utah, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Maybe they'll be inside, maybe they'll be outside. It'll all depend on how the weather holds later this afternoon. But we'll talk about some of the overarching uh, storylines, etc., what I'm looking for out of Spring Ball next, right here on Locked On Cougars. Before we do that, though, do want to tell you, hey, when you're in the car, they always use the term captive audience. And I know that's a kind of a derogatory or a negative term, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. So when you're in the car, you can use your personal assistant. A lot of us, when we're driving, because we're not supposed to use our phones when we're driving, it increases your risk of having an accident. We like to use our personal assistant to make calls. You say, hey, please call so-and-so, and they the phone does the work for you. It dials it up. Well, guess what? The same thing works here for this podcast. When you get in the car, all you do is plug it in, or if it's Bluetooth, you just say, hey, play podcast locked on cougars and you'll have the latest and greatest in byu news right there for you like i said it's a captive audience i know it's a negative term but might as well utilize the time that you're in the car it's it's time you don't get back so you can listen to this podcast be the smartest guy in the room when it comes to byu sports and all you got to do is tell your personal assistant play locked on cougars all right more in a moment this is locked on cougars it's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, 
Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, and this is Locked on Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, and everything BYU sports, plain and simple. BYU football begins their spring practices today. A lot of storylines we talked about on last week's podcast, those burning questions we had as our lead-up to spring ball, and it's going to be an interesting spring camp. The headliners in terms of the top players on BYU's roster, particularly on the offensive side, are going to be limited at the very least if not all the way out Uh, that includes Zach Wilson we all know had the shoulder surgery not expected to return until May or June Matt Bushman also not going to be participating he underwent two surgeries on his shoulder and his hand Aleva Hifo had shoulder surgery there's multiple other players Austin Lee uh, Chris Wilcox multiple guys that are going to be missing out on spring ball so the headliners in spring ball are out that's going to be um I'm not going to be. It's going to take some of the luster out of spring camp, uh, some of the storylines that you would have liked to see, the development of a Zach Wilson with extra practices, etc. That's not going to happen. But there are other things to keep an eye on here. Uh, of course, you're going to have three backup quarterbacks competing, particularly according to Aaron Roderick, for the well, getting the bulk of the reps, not really necessarily competing for the starting job. They're competing to show their abilities. That includes Jaron Hall, Joe Critchlow, and Baylor Romney. Uh, We heard that on the podcast last month in our post-signing day uh, podcast. We had a comment from Aaron Roderick that said, yeah, those three guys will be the three chief competitors for the job. We'll see how that plays out. You also see some development, I think, along the offensive line. We had Ed Lamb on with DJ and PK. Like I said, I work for the Zone Sports Network. Ed Lamb, BYU assistant head coach, was on with DJ and PK last week. Week, and the question was asked, well, okay, so this is spring ball. Kalani Satake has been notorious, or I guess not notorious has been the wrong word to use there, but he's been very vocal about using um, contact periods during his camps to get guys ready, really let guys hit, get the quarterbacks live, etc. And I, well, I'm going to play this comment here. I'll, I'll just play, I'll let Ed Lamb explain it, how they're going to go about that this spring in Ed Lamb's mind. Of course, Kalani Satake could change that at any point, but Ed Lamb is very much in the know when it comes to to what Kalani Satake is thinking. So here you go, Ed Lamb with David James and Patrick Kinahan last week talking about how much action certain guys will see this spring. I think really high-level contact with those that haven't appeared significantly on game day and will create those scrimmages and those opportunities and a really low level of contact for the guys who have who have been there and done it. And, you know, if, if you started 15 or 20 games for the Cougars and, and made – plays in a live tackle football game over and over and over, I really think the risk-reward is uh, not not worthy of heading out there and continuing to ask guys to bang on a daily basis. And Luckily, the science of the game and, and the availability of that science to us has, uh, you know, I think, moved spring practice in a different direction over the last 10 or 15 years. 
There you go, Ed Lamb. And you heard him say, if you're a proven option, you've played a lot of reps, you've had a lot of action on the field, well, they're going to let you um, hit less. They're going to let a lot of the younger guys show what they can do. And I think that's the right approach to use, especially when your headliners in terms of your top talent are all limited or out for spring ball. This is not going to be a spring that BYU is going to have a revolutionary breakthrough, at least in my opinion. I could be wrong, but I'm expecting them to use this time to develop the young players they talked a lot last season about the extra bowl practices being huge for this team in terms of development. They used a lot of those reps with the headliners at that point. They call it a second spring ball to get some of that development going on. So I think that this actual spring period for BYU is more about young players getting a look at the future. Some of these young guys see what they can do. Now, a word of caution with that if you're a BYU fan, this is me speaking, is that take any breakout star or people they're going to term MVPs. There's a lot of media that are in-house at BYU that are going to pump up certain guys in spring ball for quote-unquote breakout performances. I'm just going to say this once. I'm going to say it very clearly. Take it all with a grain of salt. I have seen more than my fair share of spring all-stars for BYU sports, running backs, wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, cornerbacks, defensive backs, that have gone out and had monster performances in spring ball come fall, they're never to be heard from again. It happens all the time. So everything that happens this spring, understand that guess what? It's good to see development from these young players, but... Also, take it with a grain of salt because there's a lot of guys that show really well in March and April when spring ball normally goes on, but come August, September, October, November, they're fourth or fifth string on the depth chart. So just take it with a grain of salt, plain and simple. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people that are going to be very eager to pump up players. And I'm, I'm probably not going to be immune to it. I'll make sure to mention guys who stand out to me. But just be aware that these players that are the quote-unquote spring all-stars would be spring game MVP, etc., well, they're very likely third or fourth string players that come the fall when the actual players that BYU expects to rely on this year are healthy. Yeah, they're buried on the depth chart. On the depth chart. So there you go. Uh, one note real quick before we take a break here is I did want to mention and re- recap how Sione Taki Taki did at the at the NFL Combine over the weekend. He was participating in his drills on the field yesterday, Sunday, and I think by all accounts, he had a really good showing. I think his best attribute that he showed, I guess, in this, well, two things. One, the 40-yard dash. He ran in the low four sixes. As a linebacker, they listed him, at, they had him measured in at six foot one, I believe in one eighth, weighed 238 pounds, almost 240 pounds, and you run a 4.6340. Yeah, that's a great showing, so congratulations. Congratulations to Sione Taki Taki. That was a great showing. And also his broad jump. A lot of people equate the broad jump with overall athleticism. We're talking you go from a standing position and then you jump as far as you possibly can landing on both feet. Well, his broad jump was top three among linebackers at the NFL Combine. It was over 10 feet. That is a great showing for Sione Taki Taki. He looked pretty fluid in his movements. If you saw him in the drills on the NFL Network yesterday, they didn't show a ton of him because he's not necessarily a 
one of the headliners when it comes to the linebacking core, uh, linebackers, I guess not linebacking core, the linebackers at the NFL Combine. But I really felt like Sione Takitaki showed really well. He finished with 24 reps in the bench press, which is a good showing. A vertical jump of 37 inches. That goes along with his broad jump ability. He's got the athleticism. We're talking about a guy that played at about 220, 230 pounds in high school. He's more transformed his body at the collegiate level versus added a bunch of weight, etc. He was a running back in high school, and he's a great player. So I think it was a good showing for him. According to NFL.com, this prospect grade is a 5.08. That means he has a better than average chance to make an NFL roster. Now, I'm not going to try and prognosticate where he's going to get drafted. I have to have an NFL draft expert on, and I'm going to work on doing that. I've got some contacts with guys who do this for a living that talk about these guys all year long, 24-7, 365. It's just their life. I'll have one or two of them on. They can talk about Sione Takitaki more in depth and kind of give you an, an idea of where he is going to be drafted, if he is going to be drafted. But I feel like going into this, I had a lot of people say, well, he's probably an undrafted free agent. I think with the numbers he put up, I think he's firmly put himself into the draft discussion. I just don't know what round. I'm not going to say, well, he should be a four fourth round pick. I I can't say that. I'm I'm don't pay close enough attention to the NFL draft process to be able to give him a grade and say, "Well, he's a sixth round pick or he's a seventh round pick." I don't know that. We'll have people on that can talk about that, but I do know that what he showed on the field in terms of his testing, his fluidity in doing drills, etc. See only Takitaki made himself some money yesterday and that's just my take on it. All right, we'll come back on the other side, recap a full weekend in BYU sports, a lot of teams in action. We'll run it all down next right here on Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. It's Monday. You guys know how we do it on Mondays in the final segment of the show. We recap how the weekend went for other BYU sports. We'll start off with baseball. They went 2-1 and one over the weekend in their series against Lamar University in Texas. They won the series opener 4-2 in 10 innings on Thursday. They lost 3-1 on Friday and then shut out Lamar 4-0 on Saturday. So another good weekend for the men's team. They're actually having their home opener against UVU tomorrow at 6 o'clock Mountain Time at Larry H. Miller Field. It'll be the first time in the regular season, the BYU debuts their new turf field. They also have a series coming up this weekend against Milwaukee at Miller Field. So, big opportunity for the men's team to really make a statement, start racking up some wins, some good showings early this season. And I think the biggest overall takeaway is that the men's team, the pitching has been stellar so far this year, and that's that's a good sign. I've talked about a lot that college pitching is at a premium. The best teams in college baseball have the best pitchers, plain and simple, and it shows that BYU's done some good jobs developing their pitching staff, and hopefully it holds up for the rest of the year. On the softball side of things, not a great weekend overall for the women's team. They had rain uh, mar the San Diego Invitational. The Cougars went 1-2 uh, and two on the weekend officially. They lost to host San Diego State 2 one and also Florida Gulf Coast two to one 
but they shut out San Jose State two to nothing. They're now seven and nine overall on the season. There are two other games scheduled for Saturday against UC Davis and Illinois Chicago canceled due to the weather. They'll be headed to SoCal once again this weekend for the UCLA slash Long Beach Invitational. They'll face both UCLA and Long Beach State as well as three other teams in another five game set. Hopefully the weather holds off. It's been kind of a crazy season so far for softball. A lot of rain in the California and just and they just haven't been able to play a lot of games. So hopefully they can get things right and get back above 500 this weekend. But we'll keep you updated on that. On to men's tennis here. Number 26 ranked men's tennis team made it eight straight wins with their four to nothing win over number 40 Old Dominion on Saturday. Uh, their long home streak of games and matches is over as they head to Boise this Saturday. Great tennis team. They're playing really well. I'm expecting with another win over Old Dominion, they should rise even higher in the national rankings. We'll update that for you when we do receive word of that. The women's tennis team had two matches over the weekend. They lost 6-1 to Arizona before beating UNLV 4-3 on Saturday. So a split weekend for the women's tennis team. And they're actually in action You'll probably have heard this or while they're playing or after they're done. They're taking on Fresno State at noon mountain time out there in Fresno today. We'll have a recap of how they do tomorrow. Hopefully they can pull out another win. It'll be a good showing on the weekend for the women's tennis team to go 2-1 and one in those three matches. Uh, we'll see how they do tomorrow. Men's volleyball, the ninth-ranked Cougars lost 3-1 to one at number 8 Stanford on Saturday in their home and, the second half of their home-and-home home series with the Cardinal. Uh, so a tough loss on the road, but BYU remaining should remain in the top 10 ranked. We'll see how it all shakes out because they did split those matches with Stanford, who is ranked 8th. They have back-to-back home matches this Friday and Saturday against former nemesis UC Irvine. The Anteaters are not currently ranked, but they've been a thorn in BYU's side for quite some time. Of course, they won back-to-back national titles over BYU just a few years back. On women's tennis, not women's tennis, women's track and field, I wanted to make a note here. The U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association, you know it as UTFCCCA, announced that All-American Andrea Stapleton-Johnson has received the Mountain Region Women's Field Athlete of the Year honor that this came out last Friday. Of course, Andrea Stapleton-Johnson is a high jumper for the women's track and field team. Absolutely incredible. She has topped, I believe, 6'1 and 7 8 6'1 and 7'8 inches, which is taller than your host, myself, Jay Catch, is actually, uh, she jumped over me, essentially. And even more, she probably would have cleared me by a good inch or so. So that's really cool to see what she's doing. Congratulations on that honor. One final note for you before we go is that number 19 ranked women's gymnastics. They scored a 196.500 to win their tri-meet at George Washington over host George Washington and Maryland on Friday. They're headed this Thursday for a dual MRGC meet at Boise State. Hopefully the women's gymnastics team can continue to show well. The MRGC this year, the Mountain Rim Gymnastics, conference that they compete in with Utah State, Boise State, and SUU has actually been surprisingly very strong. Boise State is a top 10 ranked team, so we'll see how they perform this Thursday in that dual meet. There you go. That is the full weekend recap of BYU Sports. Hopefully you guys were able to catch some of those other teams in action and get a chance to catch them in go- going forward. 
Uh, with baseball opening up their home season here. Should be a fun week. If, you, if you're able to avoid the weather, I guess, is the biggest thing. If you're able to avoid the weather, go out to Miller Park. It's a great picturesque setting, and it's a great place to catch a ball game. All right, we will be back tomorrow. We will be having recapping the first day of BYU Spring Camp. We have a chance as the media to access the camp tomorrow, and t- so t- today and tomorrow, so Monday and Tuesday, as the only times this week it'll be available. So be look on the lookout for some interviews, some recaps. I'll have stuff on 1280thezone.com if you want to read it there or listen to the audio, etc. And of course, we'll have... uh particularly one-on-ones that I've done myself down at practice that I use exclusively here on the podcast. So stay tuned for all of that. And as we always do, we'll be covering BYU for you each and every day. Thanks again for joining me on this Monday edition of the show. A reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about in your car driving around, use the feature that personal assistant in your phone, Siri, whatever you have. You have an iPhone like I have. I use Siri all the time. Hey, Siri, all you got to do is play podcast locked on cougars and you'll have the latest byu news right there for you each and every day thanks for your continued support of the podcast if you have do have questions concerns or comments please reach out to us on social media locked on cougars for facebook instagram and twitter doing some more stuff as spring camp kicks up here on all three of those channels also you can follow me at jacob c hatch Or if you want to drop us an email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Advertising questions, whatever you got, send them to that email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, thanks again for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow on a Tuesday edition of the show. Hope you guys are all having a great day. This has been Locked On Cougars for March 4th, 2019. Have a good one. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day